Hello, and welcome to episode 13 of the Positive Way podcast. We're continuing our work together to make youth sports a powerful experience through positive coaching. I'm Dana Smith, and this week we're going to focus on avoiding burnout in coaching. We have to remember that as we work to serve others, we must also serve ourselves in order to ensure we are physically, emotionally, and mentally available for others. As the saying goes, we cannot pour from an empty cup. Over my more than 20 years of coaching, I've found that it's critical to develop coping skills as a way of reducing the stress that can lead to coaching burnout. In order to continue to prevent coaching burnout, I made a commitment to myself to follow these 10 commandments for beating burnout. Number one is to engage in realistic goal setting. This is a year-to-year process that has to be reevaluated as the group of athletes on the team changes. It is important to look at the ability experience, and grade level of all of our athletes to set goals as a coach. What the team is capable of achieving changes as these levels change. One year, you may have a team that not only can win a championship, but should do so. This situation changes when a large group of experienced athletes moves on to high school or graduates. The exodus of a group such as this is usually accompanied by an entrance of a large group of inexperienced and younger athletes who must have mastery goals that fit that particular team. Past success can be a destruct of realistic goal setting if we put ourselves under the pressure to have the same level of success each year. When setting goals to win championships, we are always under that pressure as opposed to when we set mastery goals, which are more realistic when set for the group you have that particular season. Number two, cultivate advocates. It is important to have a go-to person. Connect with someone you know will be there when you need advice in any realm of your life, not just coaching. It is important to be cautious of losing contact with your advocate when you're in the off-season or when unusual circumstances occur like we've endured over the past year. Letting pride get in the way of asking for help can be a barrier in fully developing the advocate relationship. Be humble enough to know when you need help and access the valuable help your advocate will be more than willing to provide. Number three, keep your philosophy of sport. This really goes to remembering and focusing on why you're a coach in the first place. It's not to win titles, trophies, or honors. The purpose of positive coaching is to be a positive aspect of young athletes' lives and to help them grow mentally, physically, and in character. There is no coaching pressure when you focus on goals such as these. There is satisfaction for any positive coach who focuses on these goals and sees the progress of the athletes in their charge. We cannot let this focus be torn apart by outside pressures to win at all costs. In reality, a focus on positive coaching goals will produce a winning tradition and a positive atmosphere which keeps coaches energized throughout their career. Number four, keep things in perspective. I am proud of the impact I've had on the lives of my athletes and grateful for the opportunities coaching has presented to me. I also understand that it's middle school wrestling. The wins and losses will not change the world. The success on the mat of a middle school wrestler will not solve world hunger, cure cancer, or bring world peace. The perspective must remain that we are making our little difference in our part of the world. Not letting ourselves get carried away with thinking that what I'm doing is more important than it is will keep the pressure level where it belongs and make your coaching and your career more enjoyable. Number five, take non-coaching related breaks and vacations. 
I make it a priority to set up time before and after my coaching duties for the year. The weekend before wrestling season begins, I plan a trip to relax and be on the beach before the time commitment and stress of wrestling season begins. During the season, I'll take one-night getaway trips to get out of town and get away from work when we're on school breaks. When the school year ends, I leave for Mexico for a week of family, fun, and time on the beach. This serves to completely get away from school and coaching to decompress. It is important to not let the commitments of coaching and teaching invade this time by leaving tasks undone before I go. It's important to leave tasks associated with the commitments of coaching at home during vacations, to allow yourself to let go of the stress and worry that come from a very tough job like coaching. Number six, develop interests and hobbies to maintain balance. The main interest I have outside of work is cycling. Cycling serves to prevent burnout by providing not only exercise, but also a way for me to give back to my community. Each year, I pick at least one organized charity ride to train for and raise money in support of a worthy cause. Going through this process and using cycling for physical fitness when I'm not training for an organized ride has been of great benefit to my well-being. When I'm on the bike, my thoughts are free to wander, which is a great way to clear my mind of the worries that come with daily life. During the season, it does become more difficult to find time to get on the bike for a ride. The excuses like a lack of time, winter weather, guilt of being out on a bike for hours must be avoided by remembering how important cycling is to my well-being. There are times when excuses push me away from the bike, but each time that I stave off these excuses, I'm happy that I took the ride and better off for the effort. Find something for you that will benefit your well-being and take away from the daily stresses of your life, even if only for a short time. Number seven, quality is more important than quantity. It is important to understand that how we use our time as coaches is more important than how much time we spend as coaches. I know many coaches who hold two and a half or three hour practices. When you observe these practices, you can see a great amount of downtime that could be cut from practice. Our practice is an hour and 45 minutes. We start on time, end on time, and do not waste time. By e using each minute of that practice time for high quality coaching, drilling, and live practice, we're able to spend more time with our family at the end of the day. I believe in this process, and I defend it from the possible destruct of parents or coaches who will come to me with the belief that more time means a better practice. This is simply not true, and I'm able to explain why our efficient system is better for the program and for our coaching staff. Number eight, leave coaching at the office. Make the effort to always finish the tasks of coaching before you leave campus or the practice field, and do not take those tasks home if possible. This may mean spending an extra 30 minutes on campus to complete items like entering information into the computer, finishing paperwork, replying to emails, or working on a lineup. For me, my stress level is reduced by completing these tasks and not worrying about them at home. It also allows home to be my personal space reserved for my interests outside of work and my relationships. It can be easy to let little tasks end up in the backpack where they call out to be done at home or to start checking emails at night. Keeping in mind what can wait until morning allows us to avoid the pitfalls of things like negative emails or taking time away from our relationships and personal interests to do work. Number nine, delegate. I have to admit that this is one that I was not very competent at when I first began coaching. 
As time has gone by, it has become much more apparent to me that my coaching can be more powerful if I delegate tasks to assistant coaches, athletes, and parents. Handing over responsibility for items like fundraising, organizing, and planning of events provides more time to focus on the process of coaching. At first, it was not easy to give up control of these tasks, but over time, I've learned that by delegating, I lower my stress level and enjoy coaching much more. We must continue to reflect on what parts of the program we can delegate to others. Sometimes I still fall into the trap of believing I can do it better or it's easier to just do it myself, which is not true and only serves to add to my level of stress. It is also important to delegate to people we can trust to get the job done. If they're not capable of doing what we delegate to them, the stress created by the situation can be worse than if I did the task myself. But this should not be a reason for not trusting those who can handle it. Number 10, and the most important one, care for relationships. Nothing, nothing, nothing is more important than family and significant others in your life not even coaching. These are the relationships that sustain and energize you with love, understanding, and acceptance. When we fall, these are the people who catch us. When we conquer, they celebrate us. They deserve the same from us, and we cannot let coaching get in the way of these relationships. It can be easy to take these relationships for granted, which can allow our work to invade our time for these relationships and damage them. As coaches, we must be aware of how much time coaching takes away from these relationships and make time to care for the people who are most important in our lives. Coaching comes with incredible responsibilities, commitments, and expectations, along with the wonderful rewards, relationships, and memories. If we're to leave a legacy of leadership that changes lives and improves our communities, we must be available for the long haul. This means committing to our own well-being as we serve the well-being of others. Take care of yourself so you can have a long career serving others that will also serve as part of your legacy. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Positive Way podcast. My shout out this week goes to all of you, the positive coaches and leaders who continue to give your all to make the sports experience one of growth and life lessons for our athletes. Please subscribe to and share the Positive Way podcast to help us grow our positive coaching community. Follow me on Twitter and the Positive Way on Instagram. Until next week, keep it positive.